it's sort of like um, like a, a dream come true, really. His style, his balance, the way he sort of switches angles, carries on throwing, it's like, it's like a dance routine sometimes when he's in there. And then I end up going and winning the ABA title, which was mad because I, obviously, I'd, from the moment I left my mum on that Saturday, or I went back up to Sheffield the next day, trained on Monday, I didn't go back to London until after the ABAs, and then I got to bring my belt back to her. And I can't see me ever wanting to turn my back on boxing because it's all I know now. Uh, so Sunny, 12-0, uh, big fight coming up at Bethnal Green. What's been the highlight for you so far? In my boxing career? Yeah, in your boxing um, career. I think my best night as a professional boxer was my win against Ryan Farag. I think not only was the performance uh, clinical, it was sort of a coming-of-age performance, it was the, the start of my sort of surgence um, going forward and, like, it set sort of a, a tone of where my career could be heading because a lot of people would have been rightly right in thinking that I was quite up against it in that fight. I mean, he was a lot more experienced. He'd had a good amateur background as well. Um, mixed it, done a lot more rounds than me, former European champion. So there was a lot of things that suggested that it would be a hard night's work. But I did sort of take it in my stride and, and pretty much won every round quite convincingly. And also the build-up was very fun for that fight. It was a lot of personal, a lot of back and forth. I think for... A Friday night, um, small hall, super flyweight fight between two British fighters. I think we built the fight way beyond what it maybe could have been, uh, that should have been. So I think we both sold it quite well. You say that with a smile. You've got a bit of a mischievous streak, haven't you? Do you know what? I think, I never take it personally, but I just enjoy every sort of aspect of, of, of the entertainment. Um, but don't get me wrong, I weren't setting out in that fight to make it like that. Um, it was actually their side of things that sort of started with all the, the slurs, the Instagram posts, the interviews, and, and I'm happy to play ball, do you know what I mean? Um, it's become part of the game though, isn't it? If everyone was the same, no one would follow the sports, it would be bland. Yeah, but f if I'm honest, all, all that build-up was very genuine. Um, I would ne I'm a very real person, I'd like to think. If you ask my opinion on something, I'll give it. Um, so that build-up was all, was all genuine, it was dislike for each other. Obviously now there is a mutual respect that was earned in the ring, but um, I'm never going to just act out just to hype a fight. I feel like I don't need to do that. I feel like my style and, and my performances speak for themselves. I feel I'm in a great place for, for a flyweight at such a young age and early in my career that I'm getting these opportunities like headlining on BT Sports. Like How often does that really happen for people down in my weight? People do talk about you as a possible future world champion. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's all high praise. Um, Pressure? I don't think so, because I've always had that sort of expectation of myself. Um, obviously, as a lot of people know, I've always been three years the junior of my brother, Charlie. Um, so no matter what we're doing, I'm always, I've always been three years behind him. And that's not just starting now, I'm talking when I was getting to schoolboy finals, and, and stuff. The year before, he was winning European schoolboy gold medals. When I was winning the youths, he was on like Team GB traveling the world. So I've always had that sort of bar set quite highly, just in my family alone. Um, so when I've fallen short, you know, when I was losing in the schoolboy finals, etc., etc., getting to a schoolboy final for a lot of people, especially with the amount of fights I'd had, would have been massive. In my sort of family, my household, my own expectations, as I'd watched my brother sort of smash it and, and win and win and win, I felt like I'd underachieved. I mean, it's looking back, it's quite crazy, do you know what I mean? If there's lads in our gym now that get to quarters, semis, finals, and, and it's such a great achievement, because it really is, but 
Emiha's like an 11, 12-year-old growing up. It was like the end of the world, me getting to the final and losing. And um, I suppose that'll probably be what it's like in a bigger stage if, if I never do make it to be a world champion. I feel like I've got the ability to, I've got the desire to. I just need to, you know, put the right performances, get guided right, and, and hopefully follow in my brother's footsteps because they clearly are big, big like, footsteps to follow. Uh, following in his footsteps, did, did you have hand-me-down clothes? Were you, were oh, you... the whole way through. Like, I still get them. What do you mean? <laughs> I still get them. Um, what, from his sponsors, stuff that he... Oh, everything. Um, his designer clothes, everything. I've, uh, he always makes sure that uh, I'm kitted out now, but it's, it is what it is. You know? I mean, it's younger brother syndrome, I guess. Um, what kind of fight or what kind of fights do you need to take you to the next level? Um, Ideally, I'd like these domestic dust-ups. Um, they're what I push for because I think that's how you build your name in the country. Um, like we just talked about it with my Ryan Farag fight. Out of my last five fights, it's probably one of my easier fights that I've had. Um, you know, a couple of Mexicans, just the Portuguese kid, I, I thought, I think they all gave me more troubles at times than Ryan Farag did. However, I've most, I got more like, praise, I got more sort of positive feedback from my Ryan Farag win and, and, and more props, you know what I mean? Because I guess, People like to know both opponents, uh, both fighters in, in, a, in a fight. And when you get these tough Mexicans that sort of come over that are pretty un, unknown, no one's really heard of them, then you don't get that same credit for beating them. So really I would like a couple more high-profile high British flyweights to then push me on to world level. But, like I've alluded to before, I won't, I won't get my career stalled by anyone. Um, I'm fighting pretty much every eight to ten weeks in high-profile fights, regardless of whether these other British fighters want to play ball. And um, all these fights now are learning fights, gearing me up for the tough world-level fighters. How helpful has that activity been for your progression and your development? Oh, it's absolutely everything, because not only by having a fight that is something to aim towards, it keeps you, you know, sort of earning money, climbing up the ladder. It also keeps you mentally switched on and, and motivated. I'm a mo I need motivation me personally. If I don't have no fight dates and I was waiting for months in between catching a fight date, you wouldn't get the best out of me. I need to have something to switch me, because as soon as I'm in the gym, I'm in the gym. But I need something to aim, aim towards. I'm very motivated. I need to be like, have a goal to motivate myself. In terms of progression, are you in a hurry or are you patient? Um, my ambition means I'm always in a hurry. But as long as I'm, I'm trusting you know, my management team, MTK, my promoter Frank Warren, that they're pushing me in the right direction. I cannot complain, do you know what I mean? I'm 23 years old and this fight in, in a couple of weeks will be my fifth fight live on TV. Um, like I said before, as a, as a flyweight, super flyweight, that doesn't happen all too often in a row, do you know what I mean? Um, Why is that happening to you? I guess I've got uh, enough of a fan-friendly style. Um, I can speak well, I believe, you know, I can hit a press conference and I don't think people are finding my fights too boring because I think there's a lot of action, a lot of work going in, there's some flashy stuff. Um, it's just me expressing myself. Uh, and also, I don't think uh, a flyweight, super flyweight bout costs as much to put on as a, as a heavyweight one, so I keep getting a little... Some of, the, some of the guys have said some very nice things about you. David Hape has been particularly complimentary, hasn't he? Yeah, and you know what? It's um, all these, these great, great fighters um, that I've grown up watching. You know, to have such high praise, the, the way he has spoken of, of a few of my fights, it's sort of like, um, like a, a dream come true, really, because you never set out in boxing. Well, I didn't, you know, to, to be a professional boxer. I'd started it because I enjoyed it, and then 
I guess I was quite good at it. And then it weren't until I started getting on like GB that I thought, oh, I can make a living out of this. So I've always done everything for the love of the sport. So for people you look up to, to speak highly of you, it's, it's quite surreal. Who do you like to watch now? Well, um, like we saw on the week, weekend, Lomachenko, um, his style, his balance, the way he sort of switches angles, carries on throwing, it's like, it's like a dance routine sometimes when he's in there. Um, obviously, I, I, I believe I'm very far off that, that level of expertise, but I look at some of the things he does, you know, switching stances whilst being ready to throw, and, and they're things that I try and implement in my game. Um, my favourite fight of recent times is Rigondo, um, obviously, his former foe. Um, I think at the right way, he was just a nightmare. No one ever really wanted to know with him, so he struggled with his career. But um, I think the, 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 the little opportunity people have to hit him is ridiculous. I think in a 36-minute fight, they probably only have like two or three minutes where they can actually land a punch on him, which that's how I build my style. I try and make the window of opportunity for them to land a shot as small as possible, because then you're controlling it. You've been in the game 14 years. People talk about your speed and reflexes. Were they natural from the start, or is that something that you've particularly worked on? Um, I don't know. I guess it's sort of like a culmination of everything, to be honest. Um, practice, I, practice. I remember having a, a conversation with a, a very good trainer in Adam Booth about personalities in, in the boxing ring. Um, that you tend to see someone's outside of the ring personality in some way of when they're performing. Um, he alluded to Josh Boatsy being one of the most balanced in and outside the ring. Then you have the sort of like nutcases, you know, I'm talking like your Mayorgas, your Madonnas, that are wild, wild head cases outside the ring, and you can see that you have very calculated people, you know, Floyd Mayer, and I feel like... So what does that make you, then? Well, my personality, I would like to say I'm quite, quite witty, quite sharp, quite intelligent, um, always work, look to work smarter rather than harder, and I feel like that just... I'm quite, quite confident, um, maybe borderline arrogant sometimes, but I would like to say that goes into my boxing style. Um, I like being always one step ahead of my opponent. I like giving them very little. And everything you do is like a, it's like a full circle when you get in the ring. So um, if you bring your personality in, if, if you're living the right life and, and, and you're dedicated 100%, that's going to transcend into the boxing ring. It's going to give you every opportunity you know, to fulfil your potential. I think too many people... With, I've, I've been in the game, like you said, 14 years, and now everything sort of comes second nature, you know, moving out the way of punches, um, my footwork, staying switched on when rounds aren't going your way, you know, being able to spin it around, being able to adapt. It's things that you can't just, you can't kid, you can't, it's pedigree, you can't learn overnight. It's, it's something. Yeah. yeah, it's experience, um, you know, taking a big shot and knowing how to react, you know, knowing how to recover, knowing how to nick a rest. Even when you're clearly winning the rounds, knowing not to just sort of empty the tank just because you can. Um, because there's sometimes in fights for the first four or five rounds, you can just hit someone at will. Then as soon as you start slowing down, they can take over. So everything you sort of have to take in the ring with you, and that's what I feel like I do. Are you going to move between flyweight and super flyweight, or are you going to go down to flyweight and stay there for a while? Um, I would like to say oh, I'll just be at flyweight now, but it's where the opportunities come. Um, there's fights I still want at super flyweight, so... I can just keep moving up and down. It, it makes no difference to me. Um, I'm not really. I make super flyweight very easy. I make flyweight pretty easy. Um, so it doesn't really make no difference to me. Obviously, it will just be what belt I've got at the time and what opportunities there are. But right now, if the my career keeps going the way it has been going, 
which is no British fighters fighting me, so I'm just sort of getting imports in and building my rankings up. So I'm going to rank very high in the WBO and rank with the IBF to build on them and then hopefully push off for world titles, but that will be at flyweight because at world level, I know I'm not ready for the, the super flyweight world levels yet. Who knows, I might not be ready for the flyweights, but I feel like I've got a, a much better chance and as soon as I get to mix it, I'll be able to get a good gauge of where I'm at. The fact that your brother's gone on to win a world title, does that make you think it's that much closer and possible, the fact that he's done it? Yeah, of course. Like Me and Charlie have been mixing at a very similar level for years now. And I think if you'd ask anyone that's seen us spar or seen us spar the same opponents, you know what I mean? Obviously, we have different styles, um, so styles make fights, etc. But we have mixed it, for, for, like I said, at a similar level for a very long time. And him achieving that goal just, yeah, it made me realise how, like, within a touching distance is with the right fight and the right time, I should be and, and will be a world champion. Who's the more talented brother? I think everyone would say I, I'm more talented naturally. But Charlie, his work ethic is second to none. I think you can just see the shape that he gets into. His body fat drops down to like 1%, you know, when he's on them scales. Um, he lives the life and he's dedicated to it. Um, but I've always relied on sort of, you know, my natural talent. I didn't take amateur boxing knowing near seriously as I should have. I'll be the first one to admit that. Um, I never even really struggled for weight. I was just doing things that I shouldn't have been and sort of, but I still, still got like results. What? Like what? You know, things that I wouldn't say on, on the camera. <laughs> but you know what I mean, going out and doing things that I shouldn't, like say I had a fight on the weekend, I was playing. I used to play football and rugby all the way through my amateur career. I'm talking, I would have a rugby match on Saturday and Wednesday, a football match on Wednesday and then box on a Saturday in like a national final. I broke my nose playing football six days before a CYP, National Ambition Boxing, whatever it is, championship now. National final, I broke my nose. Went to see a doctor and they said, yeah, it's completely broke, I've still got it there. Um, so, but I wasn't in the same place as Charlie was where from 15 he was on Team GB, do you know what I mean? And his education really took a back burn. You know, I still did all my A-levels, I did all my GCSEs, etc. Um, went to a good grammar school in Wollaton Grammar School. Um, so I was, don't get me wrong, I liked boxing and, and, and it was something I always enjoyed doing, but it won't stop me doing anything else, whether that was, you know, running around chasing girls at a stupid o'clock, um, enjoying myself in the summer or whatnot. But I feel like I had a good enough amateur career. I turned over quite, quite young. But it's been all different since, since I've been a pro, because now it's my livelihood, especially now I've got, like, a son. Like, everything now I do is for him, as cliche as that sound, I know. But if, if I didn't have no one to look after, if my money stops tomorrow for whatever reason, I can just, you know what I mean, get bummy and, and, and slum it by it. But when you've got mouth to feed and, you know, roof to put over his head, clothes on his back, it's different. You know what I mean? Now I'm two foot in and, and I've got someone relying on me. So it's my, men, my mindset has switched so much. I'm even having conversations with my trainer as recently as a couple of weeks ago. He's noticed since the last couple of years, the last year specifically, how different of a life I live. Um, how much cleaner my lifestyle is, how, how much more switched on and how, how I hit every session. Like when I was an amateur, even with Grant, I'd wake up at six o'clock in the morning and think, oh, I can't be asked for a track and turn my alarm off and go back to sleep. Like I, was a little, I was a nightmare. The GB trainers, I used to never turn up for Monday. I used to go in at Tuesday just so I didn't have to get weighed in on a Monday. I was, I was terrible. And I know that I'd be the first one to say that. I never hired from it. But it was just always something I just, 
I don't know, I, d I didn't take it seriously because I always relied on my natural talent. It did get me so far. But obviously I've had a massive culture shock and now you can't afford to... That 1%, that 2%, whatever it is, that will be you getting knocked out in front of thousands and thousands of people, do you know what I mean? Your mum's health has been well documented over the last um, year or so. Um, how much has boxing helped you through that time? Do you know what I mean? It's been... I know it's only really been documented and people have... I don't want to say they've only cared. They've only taken notice the last year and a half. With because, Charlie winning the title. With Charlie, because yeah. on my side of things, it's something I never spoke about. Um, and it weren't because I was embarrassed or anything like that. It was just something that we kept privately. But after, you know, four years, it, it is what it is, as, as, as blunt as that is. Like, um, my mum's been coming to all my fights as a pro, everyone she can get to. When she first fell ill, it, it, it was very hard for our family. Um, I was still an amateur at this point, and she fell ill, I think, about three weeks, three and a half weeks before my first senior ABAs, which was my first competition with Grant. I hadn't boxed with him at this point. Um, and for two and a half weeks, we spent in London. I said bye to my mum three times. She, she was having a brain operation. I was, you know, sitting the family down and saying, look, there's every possibility, just as much possibility as she will survive, that she won't be able to recover from this. Like, she won't be able to wake up. So we'd said bye to her, um, and it was, it was a terrible time for the family, do you know what I mean? A lot, a lot of tears shed, not really by me. I'm, I'm not a big crier. I, I don't know how I deal with things, I keep things inside, but, you know, seeing my brother, seeing my sister in, in hysterics every time they saw my mum and that, it, it was a hard, it was a taxing time. And for two and a half weeks, I spent every day in hospital with my mum, you know, eating McDonald's at, like, two in the morning because there was a little drive-by down, down to St George's Hospital or hospital food or sweets, you know, just anything comforting. And then I remember after two and a half weeks on the Saturday, I got a call from Grant saying, well, asking how my mum is and that he's going to pull me out the ABAs. He said, they, the Wayne's been moved forward two weeks. Um, the Yorkshire regional rounds have been moved forward two weeks and from the phone call, there was 11 days. So I was like, Grant, I'll see you in the gym tomorrow. And this is all gospel truth. I was like, I'll see you in the gym tomorrow. So I went home, went to sleep, packed my bag, went back up to Sheffield, back to my uni accommodation and that. Obviously, I'd taken time at a uni here as well. Mm. Um, I'd missed assessments and, and everything. Um, but that was all understanding. And then got back up, I went straight to the gym the next day, jumped on the scales and I was 57.8 kilos. I always remember that weight, 57.8 kilos. So I had nine kilos to lose in 10 days. Nine kilos in 10 days. Grant went, nah, you're not doing that. We're pulling you out. I went, Grant, I'll, I promise you I'll make the weight. By come hell or high water, I'll make the weight. So we spent two, three sessions in the gym every single day for this period. I'm talking coming in the morning, training in the sweatsuit, going back, eating, running, coming back later, training again. I'm talking anything to get this weight off. And when I finally got the weight off after these 10 days, thank the Lord that it was just a weigh-in. I didn't have to fight on that. So it was the Thursday, and I didn't have to fight until, I think, six days later on a Wednesday or something like that. So I had a couple of days to, you know, hold the weight. Because I swear to God, if I had to fight that day, when I, f I first made that weight, a strong wind would have blew me over. I was so, like, weak and... But Grant, obviously, it was Grant's first year working with me, and 
everything I know for a fact in Grant's person. He wanted to pull me out, he did not want me, but because I was so adamant that I would not let him, I, I was going in that championship regardless. I mean, I weren't letting the situation with my family sort of stop me from, from this opportunity. It just turns out that I ended up boxing, winning the Yorkshire, Yorkshire region, the London boy winning the Yorkshire region. Um, and then a month later, and bear in mind, I was still quite weak at it that, at that point, beat a kid that he wasn't very great. Um, then I had a month to hold weight, and then it was the quarter semis and finals all on one weekend. And then I ended up going and winning the ABA title, which was mad because I obviously, had, the moment I left my mum on that Saturday, or went back up to Sheffield the next day, trained on Monday, I didn't go back to London until after the ABAs, and then I got to bring my belt back to her. And that was like a big thing for me, do you know what I mean? Um, mm. Because it, the easiest thing in the world would have been to, when Grant said I'm putting you out, me be like, ah, do you know what, yeah, I'm just gonna stay down here. But I wanted to make sure I buried my head in, and did something positive because even though my mum was in a state where she couldn't even speak at this point, she wouldn't want me to just be moping around, sitting by her bedside, you know what I mean? That's not the way we deal with things, you know And boxing's been your sanctuary, hasn't it? Yeah, like, I'm lucky enough that once I step in the ring, I could have bad problems outside the ring, do you know what I mean? I could have money problems, I could have family problems, I could have girlfriend relationship problems, anything. Once I step in that ring and I start punching, everything else just sort of fades away very quickly. I don't, I don't hold any sort of back of my mind. It, it doesn't, like, I'm lucky, I don't think there's many fighters like that. Like, my brother, pretty opposite. When he had that whole situation going on, he was like a ghost of his former self. Like, there was one time, and I remember it, at our old gym, when we was getting trained by Brought Up, I, I was with Grant at this point, but our old trainer, Brian O'Shaughnessy, I was down for London for a few days and I sparred Charlie, and he was coming up to, I think, his third or fourth pro fight. And genuinely, I felt like bad, like I stopped really throwing. I was trying to make it not obvious, but I was letting him hit me. I was, you know, trying to give him confidence because he was. Intense. You could you could see that it was affecting him so much. That, you know, everything outside the ring. Where I'm lucky that my personality is not really like that. But um, it is. It, it, I don't want to say it saved me because I've said this before. 18 years of good health my mum had in my life, do you know what I mean? And, and we had the perfect, well, we, we have, we have the perfect mum, but I'm talking, I was the mummy's boy, she did everything for me, like, to the extent of, I mean, I'm 18 years old, getting out of the bath and she's wrapping the towel around me, I'm talking, I'm not, no, I swear to God, like, I'm a proper mummy's boy, do you know what I mean? And when I used to live with her, I mean, everything was cooked for me, like, I didn't, I could stay in one spot all day, not move, I'd be leaving mess and it would be clean, getting cleaned up around me. I didn't have to do none of my washing. My, I didn't know how to use a washing machine until I went to uni. Do you know what I mean? So it's like this woman did absolutely everything in her power because it's just what she was like. Do you know what I mean? She, that's how she ran the house. Um, so now it's our turn. Do you know what I mean? So there's people very close to me, very, very close to me indeed, that had no relationship with their mum, never knew their mum, or the mum that they had was toxic and, and, do you know what I mean? There's so many people like that around me, so I'm blessed, do you know what I mean? Yeah, my mum's not very well now, but she's still coming, sitting ringside to our fights. Um, I got to introduce her to her first grandchild, which was a really humbling moment. It was actually mad because in the space of two weeks, I think it was, or three weeks, my son was born. I won a fight, another title, and then Charlie won a world title all for Christmas. Do you know what I mean? It was, we had a conversation that Charlie's obviously last fight was the darkest night at Still City Gym and obviously our family that we've had for years, like a couple of years now. Like you can't always have highs, you know what I mean? But 
when you look at that period, you know, when you think back at it, that was... How can you talk How, that? yeah, like that Christmas, last Christmas was unreal, you know, me introducing... It, it was all at the same time as well, because my mum first saw Chance at, at Christmas time, so it was just, like, it was, it was great, do you know what I mean? It was great. You talked about sparring Charlie then. I, uh, Grant tells me that you guys do spar like cat and dog. Yeah, um, it's one of those things now, and I think Charlie will be the first person to tell you. He he helps me for my sparring, but I don't get bought in really for his camps. Is there a price that would get you in the ring together? Oh yeah, it's not that much either. We spar for free. No, um, but you know, to fight, fight. I don't think the, the British board will ever sanction it, right? Because obviously Charlie would be going down in the fourth round, we'll put a lot of money on there, it would be nice, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it, it's one of them things. I mean, if, if the public wanted to give us Anthony Joshua money, then I'm sure we are both gone, Charles. So I'll see you on the other side, do you know what I mean? See you inside. I get Grant though, because I had him first. Um, so, what's the dream? Map out the next five years. I just want to be involved in big fights. Like, as cliche as it sounds, I just want to be recognised. Obviously, I'm not talking my career will be over in five years because I think I'm going to have a long career, Touchwood. Nothing, nothing goes untoward in my boxing career. But I just enjoy it. Like, I think you can see the way I box and, and the way I, I enjoy every aspect of boxing. I can't see me doing anything else. But I would just like to be recognised as a fighter that didn't back down from no fights. Was in good fights, world level, domestic level, European level. Whatever level I can get to, whatever level I, I mix it at, is yet to be really seen. But um, I just want to be recognised as one of those fighters. I lost as an amateur. There's every possibility I'll lose as a pro. I'm not one of them things that have this cloud of invincibility and then when it shatters, they have no confidence no more. That's not me. I'll just get in, give my best, and then and see what we've got. I want to be in big nights. Um, I feel like I'm in the right... heading in the right direction. I mean, headlining a good domestic, like small hall, York Hall show, live on BT, where there's great fights and there, British Commonwealth title fights, you know what I mean, etc. And I'm fighting an unknown Mexican no one's heard of, and they put me as headline. That's, that's like a very humbling, a humbling thing for me because I didn't find out as headline until the show got announced. I personally would have put Lucian Reed Brad Foster as headline, and me personally, if I saw the lineup, and maybe even Zach Shelley and, and Cody above my fight because they're both great fights against two British fighters on both sides, putting it all on the line. But as we stand, I, I, I'm headlining, so I'll, I'll take that. And it just shows, that I think, the belief that BT have got in me. And I, and I can't thank, you know, BT, Frank Warren, MTK enough, because it comes with a certain set of responsibilities. You know what I mean? I'm expected to deliver a good performance that people want to watch. If I go and snooze out the place or look terrible doing it, then the belief that they've put in me, the mistrust, like, been putting me in the wrong place, you know what I mean? You like um, a lovable rogue, aren't you? Do you know what? I just, I'm honest to myself. I will never lie because there's a camera in front of me or... What sort of reaction do you get on social media? Do you get mixed or... Yeah. Go on. Every time someone watches me box, I think I turn a lot of people that didn't like me before to people that did. Especially when, like, the Ryan Farrag fight and that because there was a lot, obviously a lot of support for him, a lot of back and forth, so there was a lot of people that I won over. And I think that's the best response I can get. I won't cater my responses to political correctness or, or like what I think people want me to say because I generally believe I'm a good person, I believe I've got good views and good morals, so by me actually expressing that and being myself, then I feel like eventually I'll get the good response out of everyone. I say things tongue-in-cheek, you know, building fights, or like I say cheeky little jokes, like I said the other day that Kovalev was racist. 
in a joke, you can see the smile on my face here, but there was people proper hammering me, I was like, do you know what I mean, his, his trainer's black, you know what I mean, like, just a tongue-in-cheek, do you know what I mean, but I guess if people can't really get my sense of humour, then I'm not too arsed anyway. Brilliant. Well, that's great, mate. Really appreciate that. No, thank you.